passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 90th percentile. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Matt Pajak of Loden Sports. Matt, the draft, it's wrapped up. The signing deadline, I think, is next Tuesday. So we're sort of in that middle range where players are signing we're finding out you know who's really brought in a great class and who hasn't um and who might be struggling to sign a couple of these players so it's an interesting couple of weeks in the baseball calendar there's a ton going on right now but that being said it's also the beginning of football season i think we're starting to see more talk about people's fantasy leagues we're starting to see more talk about you know mini camps etc um and camp starting up and you know we're only a few weeks away from some nfl games so i think it's kind of appropriate that we're going to talk a little bit today about uh nfl quarterbacks or quarterback you know potential uh quarterback prospects that are baseball players as well we have some here that were you know nfl players that had you know some prospect pedigree as baseball players we have others that are baseball players that had some prospect pedigree as football players. But I think it's an interesting conversation, and uh, we're going to bring some folks on a little bit later on in this episode to sort of talk through a particular pick that kind of spurred this conversation. So, Matt, welcome. It was an incredibly long intro on my part, um, but I think this is a really interesting topic. and I know it's something that you brought to the table, so talk to me a little bit about uh, what spurred this for you. Yeah, well, I think both of us love the MLB draft, and I think uh, everybody in the baseball world loves the MLB draft. And we talk about the top of the draft ad nauseum. Like, I don't want to talk about Dylan Cruz anymore. No offense to Dylan Cruz. I don't want to talk about Paul Skeens, like Max Clark. Why? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about those guys anymore. Let's talk about some alt draft storylines because i think when you dig a little bit deeper in the draft like there's some really interesting nuggets in there and, and we're not talking about like you know this guy's going to be on a scoreboard in a big league ballpark or you know whatever it is but like there's some really interesting discussion points especially when you dive in a little bit deeper into some of these guys journeys right because you know everyone says you know kyler murray should have done this should have done that you know, there's the same thing goes for a number of different guys who are high level football players, high level baseball players. Uh, I think in Kyler's case, it worked out where, you know, 
he looked past baseball and and he went ahead and you know how much money NFL quarterbacks are making, <laughs> but it's not an easy decision, especially for these high level guys in high school to decide, Hey, I'm going to go only play baseball. Or I'm going to go pursue football exclusively um, because there's no guarantees on either end. So it's really easy to look back on it and say they should have done this or they should have done that, or, you know, they did the right thing, whatever it is. But um, yeah, there's a really interesting case in the 20th round of the 2023 MLB draft, the Los Angeles Dodgers selected uh, former Clemson quarterback, the successor to Trevor Lawrence, DJ Uyung Galole. I think I said that right. Um, I think so. Uyung Galole. It just rolls off the tongue. Uyangalale. Uyangalale. Uh, it's not as easy to say as Lawrence, but um, yeah, he's now quarterback at Oregon State, bounced back from Clemson, um, and the Dodgers called his name in the 20th round. He hasn't played baseball since his freshman year of high school uh, at St. John Bosco, a famous Southern California high school for both football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um and that one came a little bit out of left field. But uh, in a few minutes here, we'll be joined by Dodgers Carolina's area scout, Jonah Rosenthal, who is behind that pick. Um, I'm really interested to kind of get his perspective on that pick, kind of how it came to be. And then also there's an interesting player for next year's draft that has been in that area since high school. Uh, who went to Clemson, played football, and is now focusing on baseball ahead of his draft year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, as a whole, this conversation is fascinating because, like, let's just run down a list of guys who were drafted. Um, Johnny Manziel was a Padres draft. He played baseball at Tybee High School. Uh, He was going to play baseball at Texas A&M before, you know, his freshman year took off as a football player. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is, of course, the son of Pat Mahomes, former big league pitcher. Uh, He's a Tigers draft. He once, you know, had a very famous pitching duel with Michael Kopech in high school, uh, pitcher in 93 to 95. So um, Russell Wilson was drafted twice, once by the Orioles, once by the Rockies. Uh, He's notorious for having gone to spring training a couple of times. Um, Jameis Winston was a closer at Florida State, Texas Rangers draft. So you've got kind of like this list of like these guys are NFL quarterbacks, high level quarterbacks over the past couple of years um, that have baseball ties and not just baseball ties, but like enough interest where someone called their name in the draft. Um, obviously, you got Kyler Murray, who was probably the highest profile closest to actually pursuing baseball uh, with the money he was offered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's a handful of names in here that, you know, probably aren't household names yet or may never be. Um, you know, Robbie Ashford is Auburn's quarterback. He was at East Coast Pro a couple of years ago. Um, Bubba Chandler was a Clemson quarterback commit signed by the Pirates a couple of years ago. Will Taylor we'll discuss here in a little bit. Jay Wolfuck. Quarterback at Virginia recently put down the helmet uh, to focus exclusively on baseball. He was a collegiate national team player this year. Uh, and then in this this past draft, Colin Houck signed with the Mets for over $2 million. 
Uh, I think Georgia Tech wanted him as their quarterback. Walker Martin is a three-time state champion quarterback at Eaton High School uh, who signed for just under $3 million with the Giants. And then Rock Chalowski, also a high school quarterback at Hamilton. There's been some buzz that he might try and do both uh, football and baseball at UCLA. I guess that's kind of more of a wait and see. But the, the overarching theme here, Jeff, is that uh, the scouting community has a keen eye for high-level baseball and football talent you know specifically the quarterback position um and we're fortunate that we'll be joined by someone who does this for a living that can maybe give us some insights into why that's the case yeah absolutely and i know that there's even other names guys that were you know sort of uh multi-sport recruits that were pretty good football players maybe ended up playing baseball in college um in recent years some names are escaping me but i know there's a couple others as well um, so yeah, this is a really interesting conversation. I think you sort of ran down some of the different names and there's uh, a fairly large sample size and it kind of runs the gamut of guys, as you said, who were star NFL quarterbacks, guys who maybe got some starts in the NFL, <laughs> someone like Kyler Murray, who was kind of really close to kind of playing both. Um, and was highly recruited, you know, taken in the top 10 <laughs> for both sports. Um, and then we have, you know, a handful of sort of baseball prospects that have pursued the game and, uh, guys that you know potentially are future mlb players so yeah really interesting conversation let's uh let's bring on uh mr rosenthal and sort of chat it through this a little bit yeah let's do it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 8th percentile, we are welcoming on our guest right now. I know we talked about him a little bit in the intro. That is Jonah Rosenthal. He is the Carolina Area Scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Jonah, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Cannot uh, cannot complain whatsoever. But uh, you were involved in a very interesting pick uh, last week in the most recent MLB draft. Um, we're talking a little bit about quarterbacks and baseball, and uh, you know the sort of uh, common threads between each. So let Matt sort of jump in here. I don't know if he wants to fire away the first question, but this is certainly a really interesting topic, and we've seen a lot of this in recent years where top baseball recruits or top football recruits and vice versa. Yeah. You know, Jeff, I do want to fire away the first question. Uh, I'm going to come a little bit out of left field here on Jonah, but Jeff knows, Jeff knows what this is. <laughs> I need you to pref out uh, the following for sandwich shops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got Capriati's, uh, Subway, Jersey Michaels, and Jimmy John's. So I don't even, I'm not even privy, privy to the Capriati. What, what is Capriati? Got another clip right here for the sponsorship. Man. Yeah, let's go. We're trying to work <laughs> a sponsorship with Capriati, so this, this is perfect. Uh, <laughs> Capriati's is America's favorite sandwich. <laughs> the hot Bobby. Yeah, you got you to gotta go find yourself a hot Bobby. Uh, it's like Thanksgiving on a sandwich. It's like stuffing cranberry and turkey, and it's really good. Um, I'd, I'd give it a 60, you know? Like, that's that's my – if I'm going to go to a sandwich shop, like, Capriati's is the spot for me. I'm going to back that, too. I have uh, I went out and I tried uh, a Hot Bobby and tossed a six on it as well. So, All right, so that makes this easy. Capriati's one, Jersey Mike's two, Jimmy John's three, and Subway four. That's – that's the play, man. That's the play. You you knew it. You didn't even have to show you the offense, you know? Oh, you know, hey, guys, I'm just here to, to have some feel and answer some questions, you know? <laughs> the, the question is, have right. either of you tried um, uh, uh, pot bellies yet? I know I mentioned this one to Matt. I saw it in Seattle. It's out here in Massachusetts. It's a, a great sandwich. It's hot, a hot turkey sandwich, but it's like turkey chunks, almost like turkey tips. Yes. Yeah. And they have like these amazing peppers, their own secret peppers they throw on it. I think it's a New Orleans sandwich chain. It's pretty legit, uh, Matt. I don't know if you've had um, we were I was a student manager at the University of Pittsburgh. We played at the University of Cincinnati. It was the first time I ever had pot bellies. Uh, there is a secret menu, by the way, um, that you can ask about. And it is an, a phenomenal sandwich and good milkshakes. Yeah, it is. It's true. These are all accurate points. So I, I think I think this is one we're gonna have to try to throw onto the scale. You're gonna have to try pot bellies at one point, Matt. Yeah, pot bellies is definitely next. I feel like I missed. Like I lived in South Durham, walking distance to a pot bellies for like three years, and I never went there. Oh yeah, you should have gone. There was, was a point. <laughs> there was a point where I, when I was working sales jobs before I started doing this full time, and. I had a pot bellies next to my 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 office, and I probably ate pot bellies four to five days a week. Like it was a pretty <laughs> consistent go-to sandwich. 
you know, and it's not like deli meat. So it's kind of not junk, you know, you don't get all that extra kind of crap. It was uh, a little bit easier to burn off back in my, uh, my thinner day. Yeah. Honestly, like you can't beat a milkshake. So no, <laughs> you cannot beat a milkshake. if the, uh, if the Capriati sponsorship falls through, then maybe we'll try pot bellies. And then, you know, if, yeah, if that falls through for whatever reason, then we can do this all over again with, uh, ice cream brands you find in the store uh <laughs> but let's uh let's talk about let's see if i can get this right dj uyang galele uh, uyang galele yes uh, galele oh, a few times to, to get the flow um <laughs> all right 20th round selection los angeles dodgers 2023 mlb draft definitely came out of left field for a lot of people uh when they saw that name pop up on the board, their eyes lit up because most eyes don't light up in the 20th round uh, when they see names start to populate on that draft tracker. Um, he played baseball in high school early on at St. John Bosco and Bellflower. Yeah. Um, was obviously a very high-profile quarterback uh, to succeed. Trevor Lawrence at Clemson was supposed to carry the torch and you know move the Clemson dynasty forward. Uh, that wasn't the case. He bounced back to Oregon State. Um, so I guess my question to you is, like, where do you enter the equation here as, you know, a guy living in North Carolina? Uh, obviously, Clemson is in your area, um, but was never involved in baseball uh, while he was in your area. So, um, yeah, walk us through the story. This is really interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, it's from – from a macro perspective, like our jobs as area scouts is like, you know, especially in this day and age of what an area scout has to do, I think is really important to try to be as creative as possible uh, to create, you know, major league, potential major league value for your, your baseball team, the team that you work for. And like, I've always tried to like, you know, dig a little bit deeper and try to do interesting things because, you know, you kind of throw in the report and sometimes it doesn't work out. It's, you know, you can throw a guy in wherever you want and you just don't, you know, Somebody might not agree. Someone might agree. And it's a lot of luck. And like, but the one thing as an area guy, especially after the 10th round is like digging deeper, trying to find those, those diamonds in the rough, trying to find interesting projects or interesting, you know, scenarios. So that's, you know, the, the broad strokes, the basics. But it, so my national cross checker um, who, who lives in California, so I'll give, I'll give full credit here to, to Brian Stevenson. He's been with us a long time. Um, he knew him in high school. He had seen him in high school. Um, and had always been really impressed with him and actually had video of him, uh, one of his starts in high school. And when he went to Clemson, obviously as a very high-profile five-star quarterback, the arch manning of his class, the number one QB, you know, QB1, um, he just said, hey, just like, you know, pay attention. Like, you never know how it could happen. This guy had a really great arm. He was just a super talented athlete, multi-sport athlete, you know, crazy arm strength. And I said, yeah, like, that's really cool. And, you know, not that I was a huge Clemson fan, you know, I'm a pit, pit guy, you know, but I, so I have some ACC bloodlines here. You know, I would watch him. And, and you know, obviously when you're, when you're tagged as that QB1, you kind of pay attention more, right? So, you know, I would watch him and you're like, wow, like 6'5", 240, 250, like incredible arm strength. Like you'd watch him all the time. And as his career, you know, as he stepped into Trevor Lawrence's shoes and kind of had a couple of years, you just kind of like, 
all right, like maybe there's a path, right? Like maybe there's an idea here that we could kind of run with. So after his junior year, um, when he was replaced um, by the freshman, Cade, you know, I thought like maybe I should reach out, you know, maybe kick some tires. What's the worst that could happen? He doesn't text me back. He doesn't get back to me. But why not at least try to reach out? So I got his phone number and I reached out to him and, you know, he hit me up. And we talked for like an hour um, about baseball, about life. Like I wasn't offering anything. I was more just trying to get a baseline of where he was at um, in his career as a quarterback, but also like try to dig some layers, you know, peel some layers back, right? Like, and we just talked about life and a lot of different things. And he came in, he did a lot of things. And again, I'm not quoting him by any means, but we talked a lot about his love for baseball and how baseball was a lot of, what he loved growing up, going to Dodger games, being in the backyard for the Dodgers, bleeding blue, like, you know, how he loved to be a pitcher and hitter and play multiple sports. Baseball was always like a big love for him. And, you know, football, obviously, when you become a five-star ranked quarterback and things go in a certain direction and Dabo Swinney is telling you that you're Trevor Lawrence is there, apparent, things go in a certain direction. You kind of follow that path, right? So at the end of the day, he said, but at the end of the day, like, I, I still love baseball. Like, I love it. And so we started talking about, like, have you ever thought about, you know, potentially pursuing baseball if football doesn't work out for you? And he's like, honestly, I haven't because I never knew how to get an offer, you know, like how to go in that direction. And I'm like, well, let's, let's do this, man. Let's just let's keep in contact. Uh, this was probably around January, December, January. Like, like, let's keep in contact and catch up and keep talking. And so we just built an organic relationship with each other through this time period all the way through the draft of just like getting to know each other and seeing where he was at. And then, you know, obviously he tells me he's going to Oregon State. I'm super happy for him um, to get that opportunity to be a starter again. And he has every tool in the world, I think. Uh, it was funny. In April, there was an athletic article that came out that like had mentioned that like the Dodgers had tried to tempt him away from football. And I'm like, ugh. I don't, I can't, let's not, let's not get this out right now. Like, like this is our like super secret hideout mission. Like don't, but uh, you know, and so as we got close to the draft, um, the realism of what he wanted to do, um, you know, getting a little couple more people involved, like our Northwest scout and some other people to just kind of gauge more interest. And then at the end, you know, he said, you know, like I can be, go be a football player. Um, and if it works out for me and I'm in the NFL, that's great. But like, being a baseball player and potentially pitching at a major league level one day is also a dream of mine. And this would be a really good backup plan. And so we ran with it. And it kind of goes back to the first point I made about trying to be creative um, in your scouting process. You know, like we, we constantly hunt down these, you know, these guys all summer and all fall and we have a press list and everyone sees all these guys. And like, this was just a different way for me as an area scout in a world where area scouts kind of are left on an island at times to be able to do something that, you know, maybe the metrics couldn't show you or a carbon footprint track record could show you over time. Like, why not try to be creative? Yeah. Um, and it certainly seems like, you know, it was, uh, it was sort of a, a, a long shot and now has become reality. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, his makeup, his character, his love for baseball, his connection, you know, his personal connection to your organization with the Dodgers, which I'm sure probably helped open up some of those conversations as well. It might have been something you didn't sure. picture. But talk Absolutely. to me a little bit about the traits, the attributes, the athlete, maybe the pitches, the sort of things he was doing on a baseball field 
even though it was whatever, seven years ago, um, you know, what sort of skills are there, you know, if this guy will say does pursue baseball full time in a year, what sort of player could we be looking at? Um, Cause there's, yeah. sort of, you know, there's been other yeah. guys like Cody Thomas, others that I think have been football guys that sort of made that late switch to baseball and found some success. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, you take the baselines of athlete. Okay. You have a really, really good athlete. He's 6'5", 250 now. So you have a body, like an incredible athlete and a strong, you know, strong body. Even little, you know, arm strength, right? Like these are like very tangible things that you can kind of wrap your arms around. But then getting to know him, you got to learn like, here's a guy that dealt with failure and never looked back and always moved forward. Here's a guy that took a path it didn't go the way he wanted it to and made the best situation for himself by getting better, by transferring, by showcasing his tools wherever he went. Like this guy shows you not just stuff like that's tangible and you can see, but a lot of the intangibles and peripheral things that as scouts we look for in a human. So I, I don't know if I can really like project to you like what this could look like, but being with the Dodgers and having guys like Will Rhymes and Rob Hill and the guys at the top like Andrew, Billy, and Josh and, and Gomer, these are like the projects that we like to take on. Like these are take a blank canvas with all the tools you'd ever want, and we have a chance to mold it into whatever we can for a low risk. Wouldn't you be interested in doing it? You know, like, look at a lot of the prospects that have made jumps with us that weren't first, second, third, fourth, fifth rounders. Guys that were down the line, the Caleb Fergusons, the Tony Gonsolins, like, you know, trading for guys like Nick Frasso and River Ryan who have made real jumps with us. You know, like, those are the kind of guys, that, like, it, it gives you comfort as a scout to put 10 months into a project that, you know, might have a very, very low probability of working out. But it's worth the risk because of the staff that we have and the group that we have and kind of this like machine we've created. Yeah, I mean that's that's a nice little uh thing to have in your back pocket, you know, as you go from ballpark to ballpark is knowing that you've got one of the best player development systems uh in all of baseball. But I mean, besides the point, like, you know, you're talking about um, you know, a really large body a uh, lot of athleticism that like it put him in a baseball uniform right now and he's going to look the part uh and now you've got all the right mechanics working on the car i don't know i mean like why not we'll say, right? yeah why not i mean right. yeah it's impossible for anybody to say right now whether it's you know starter reliever or anything like that because probably nobody's seen a breaking ball out of that guy since he was, you know, 15 years old, but which is pretty um, good in the videos, by the way, side note, the videos are pretty good. I mean, uh, he was, I think he was that size at 15 too. So maybe it is a, it does give you a little bit of comfort. There. <laughs> um, I do want to kind of go back to something you'd, you'd mentioned a few minutes back uh, in terms of getting creative as an area scout. And I think, you know, tip of the cap to you on that. Um, and, you know, nobody can, uh, I guess feel this more than you can as someone who does it as a profession, but you know, the title of area scout and the responsibility that comes with that has evolved so much over the past, you know, even five years. Um, 
where you know the streamlining of information especially at the collegiate level with trackman and every ballpark and um it's kind of cool you know i guess like it's primarily on the high school side where you know area scouts in the same area can have widely different views on a player um but like here's a case of a guy who's you know hasn't even been on a baseball field where it gives you an opportunity to you know think about a player in a way that 29 other clubs aren't thinking about that player and um you know kind of see where it goes so i mean it's that's me just more so throwing out there for our listeners that like hey um there's still ways to do some fun stuff as an area scout in 2023 um and beat your competition within the area um so yeah really cool story um i do want to continue the conversation uh away from dj because there are and and we talked about this before a number of different high level football players with high level baseball ties and high level baseball players with high level football ties uh what is it specifically and i know you talked about this specifically with dj um but you know not every high level football player specifically the guy that's in your area right now has that 65 240 pound frame um what is it that appeals to a scout about a baseball player who's also a high level football player because it just feels like every year there's three four five guys whether it's you know high school college with those high level ties it's not just like oh this guy played it's like this guy had power five interests uh as a football player or was a power five football player what it, so yeah again from like a scouting perspective um you guys all seem to gravitate towards those high level two sport athletes yeah i think that um i mean i know it's cliche but i think a lot of people talk about being a multi-sport athlete and doing different things and how you can work on agility and flexibility and mobility like on different wavelengths and in like different things that you do um and i think that the foundation that it builds in regiment which i think is very key to baseball players is at a high level i mean if you've been playing football since with pop warner think about the amount of time and effort you put into practices and games and trial like it's a lot like the summer circuit but i feel like it's almost a step further so a lot of these guys that play multiple sports especially football you know the regiment the work ethic like like is very strong um the way they move the ways they've built athleticism is 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 different um so i think it's just intriguing the guys that have had success doing different things you know not to say it's ever going to translate i just think that the foundational aspect of playing a multiple sports you know allows you to feel maybe a little bit more comfort about maybe the ability to make an adjustment or a swing change or delivery change or ways to work on your body because these guys are in the gym like crazy like they, they do all these things like I think that's kind of the part is like the found, there's a strong foundation to be able to build off of. And that's what makes it more intriguing. Yeah. And I can uh, sympathize with that because I'm working with a group of eight to 12 year old athletes here uh, in Colorado, um, building their movement foundation, just like real simple building blocks of movement. And yesterday I asked them to finish a relay race with a somersault before they got up and they tagged their next teammate to go. And of the 12, eight to 12 year olds, uh, only half of them did something that resembled a somersault. 
and probably only two of them actually did something that would classify as a somersault. So um, <laughs> I was sitting there, I was just kind of beside myself. I was like, it's 2023 and kids can't do somersaults. Um, so I, I can appreciate uh, an appreciation for a wide movement foundation um, in, in terms of, you know, what you're dealing with with an athlete. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you think of like ladder drills and a lot of, you know, I think like, especially when, when I was growing up, like, you know, when you were playing baseball, you were just, you were kind of showing going, right? You kind of showed up for the baseball field, you played your game, you went home, you know, in football, like the intensity of like the practices, the ladder drills, like all the different things you have to do that you can be prepared to step on the field. I just don't know if like necessarily get that as a young player in baseball and you're getting it at a very young age if you're playing Pop Warner football. Yeah, and and that and I have two sons that play Pop Warner and are involved in the, the league here in, in my town. And um yeah, I think that that's that's the thing I like most about football is there's three or four days, a couple hours, you know, each day. There's a conditioning component for probably like a half hour. There's like skilled, you know, they break they break guys into particular like groupings depending upon what your position group is. You work on you know skill based stuff like actual game based stuff there. Um, but the conditioning and the the beginning and the end of practices and that's a pretty consistent across the board. And it's also I think just the way that football is regulated. There's also rules and regulations that you need to meet certain benchmarks in terms of practice time conditioning all these sort of things to even be able to play and that's at a young age so i think it does as you said sort of introduce like that work ethic and that you know process um to a young athlete where it's different from baseball where guys are stretching doing some you know some arm stuff maybe for five minutes before a game they're worried about packing as much gum as possible into their mouth and they're out there you know and and they're probably you know when they're in the field a lot of the times especially in these younger kid games they're not even necessarily seeing the ball in play all that often. You know, we talk about three true outcome kind of games. It's like, you know, hit, hit in the ground, strike out and walk is like pretty consistent. So I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a huge benefit. Well, I know that there's been a lot of like negativity around youth football because of concussions and, you know, CTA and a lot of good reasons there, of course. But I think the the, the flip side of it is there's just cert certainly like a, a baseline level of, commitment intensity focus that you don't necessarily get in other sports and i think that that's um that's pretty relevant too you know for how these guys train um you know i guess i guess sort of my next question is um we'll say for you know non division one committed football players guys that are more in like the youth set and you see that they're multi-sport athletes are there things that you take away from football i know i've talked to other area scouts in the past this is specifically on guys who were baseball prospects, went in the first round, you know, pursued baseball, did not pursue uh, college football. A lot of them go to their basketball and their football games to get a better understanding of like what they're like as an athlete and the type of things that they do on the field. And I think there's probably some innate makeup stuff as well. So are you looking at when you're getting creative, are you looking at some some multi-sport athletes and then going to other sport games that aren't necessarily baseball? to scout those guys and get a feel for them just as a, a baseline athlete? Uh, if a guy plays another sport in my area, I, I try to attend at least one game. Um, and I do think that there is benefit to that. 
Uh, I, I definitely, Will Taylor's in my area, scouted him in high school. I went to a football game with Will Taylor and his family, was on the field, got to watch him kind of go through his stretching and go through all kind of the regimen. And it, and then it would train, you know, and then when you watched him play baseball, you, you weren't surprised when his routine was so incredible for a kid that was 17, 18 years old. Um, the just the, the strict nature of what he knows he has to do to be prepared to be at his best. Um, Nolan McLean, when he was in high school, um, football and baseball and basketball, um, went to multiple games to see him play. Brock Wills was a high school quarterback last year who's at UNCW. I went to one of his football games. I think that there's a lot to be said about watching their process and how they move and like gauging the athleticism i mean yeah there's a lot i i think there's a ton of value in doing that i think and i and, and i and i give a i give credit to a lot of scouts like carolina's like a lot of us do it because i just it adds one more piece to the this massive puzzle that we're trying to figure out you know and it just it just allows especially on the high school side where you know you're not going to get all the pieces but you're trying to get all the relevant pieces together to be able to hand it off to a scouting director to be able to make the right decision and i think that's one just another piece of the puzzle that I think is super important about going and seeing him play other sports, if they're playing other sports. Yeah. And you just mentioned Will Taylor. Uh, and I know that's a guy that you liked in high school. Uh, he's a guy that I liked uh, in high school after you put me on to him. Um, he was actually one of my favorite players at that East coast pro back in 2020. Um, and I know we actually watched the draft together uh, in 2021. And he turned down some money uh, to go to Clemson because he was pretty convicted on uh, suiting up for Dabo. Um, yeah, I would just kind of be curious, like less so from like who the player is <clears throat> as a baseball player, but more so from uh, how he's handled his athletic career and kind of how that journey's played out. And no one could have predicted an ACL injury. Um, but I'm sure you're thrilled to know now that he's committed to playing baseball and he's, he's putting down the helmet. Um, just kind of like use him as a little bit of an example, but he's just one of so many guys who have a really tough, it's really tough for them, I guess, to make a decision at 18 years old. Do I want to stop playing football? Do I want to stop playing baseball? Do I try and play both? Um, I guess just kind of chime in on his athletic career and kind of his journey. Yeah. Um, I got to know Will Taylor a good amount. Um, you know, we were shut down for COVID. I had heard rumblings of this football baseball player committed to Clemson. Um, I'd never seen him before, um, obviously, because we had gotten shut down. I wasn't able to kind of dig deep into the next year's followers in the high school class. And I got his number and I called him and I'm like, we want you to come to East Coast Pro Trial. We want you to try out. Like, we want to see you. Can't say you're going to be on the team, but we just want to see what kind of baseball player you are. And he was, you know, from that moment to the end um, of our process before he went to Clemson and made his decision, he was always very direct and to the point and very motivated and driven to do what he wanted to do. Um, I actually give him a lot of credit because I, my rule for most kids that I try is just be honest and be consistent. I don't care if you wanna play football. I think that's what is best for you. If you wanna do it, you should go do it, but be honest and be consistent. If you want $8 million out of the draft, 
even if it's too much money for us, that's fine, but be honest and be consistent. And Will Taylor is a perfect example of the guy that was that way. Um, he was a really talented football player. Um, I think Davo had talked about him being kind of like a Hunter Renfro type of like athletic elite route runner, good hands. Um, he was a quarterback in high school, but you know, kick returning speed. I mean, he really had a lot of tools and he had feel overall for actually both sports, which is still incredible to me, like the feel aspect of how he just played anything. He's the kind of kid that would say, I've never golfed in my life, but I'm going to shoot under an 80 in the next six months. And I would believe it because that's just how he would go about his business. It was how talented he was as an athlete. And actually, that's not even a fake story. I think we can confirm that's actually a, might be a real story. I would have to confirm with him. I remember he would create goals for the year that he wanted to do. And like he would, I think he had like a 100% success rate after he graduated high school. And they're all like very fun and interesting ones. But Will Taylor was just a great athlete. He was very mature for his age. Um, he had a dream to go to Clemson football and play for Davo. And he was always very consistent with me and very honest. Um, nobody would have predicted the outcome. And now I, you know, he's turned to baseball and he's fully fledged into baseball. And like some people might say, well, it's because he failed. That, that's really not what this is. What this is, is just like DJ. I'm going to make the best situation out of the situation I have now. And knowing Will and the way he goes about his business, I have all like the faith in the world that he will push forward and be the exact guy that he wants to be. And, I, and that's not fluff. That's not, that is me knowing the kid over a three to four year period and knowing this kid and his makeup, he is going to push forward and get better and be a really talented baseball draft, hopefully next year. Yeah. And I just remember back in 2020 at that East coast pro, uh, I was with USA baseball at the time and we were kicking around the idea of putting together like a prospect classic in the fall college national team, 18 year national team. I, I couldn't help but think that like from like the baseball instincts to the athleticism to like, there was a field to hit there to like defensively, you know, playing center field. Like in a normal year, this is probably a guy who has like the now ability to go play for your 18 year national team hit at the top of the lineup, uh, you know, cause problems on the base paths and potentially play center field, you know, with the best high school baseball players in the country. So um, I'm personally really excited to see that he's now turning his focus entirely to baseball because it, it's not in, in all of these cases with the high level football players and high level baseball players are different. I think Will's a, a really special baseball player. Um, and I think I you saw that too. So uh, yeah. that'll be a really fun one to follow for the next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's out here on the Cape right now and uh, you know, playing every day for, for Hyannis hasn't had the success I think that he wanted, but um, that can turn around quick guys have bad capes and then great seasons. So not anything yeah. unusual. Um, let me ask, because we sort of asked the good traits. I want to sort of ask the opposite of it now. Not going into any specific examples of, you know, naming names, et cetera. Have you ever watched a multi-sport player in another game besides baseball and taken away some negative sort of um, takeaways in terms of, you know, things that happen in the game, maybe attitude, reactions, just movement, things like that? Has there been 
sort of the negative side of it as well, where you're like, maybe I'm not on this kid as much just because of something I saw in a non-baseball game? I would never say like a red, I would never say red flag. You know, I would never say like, oh, he's doing something wrong in football. It's a red flag in baseball. I would say it's a yellow flag that I would put in my notes to see if it was different or if he had been better or he had improved moving into the spring in baseball. Um, yeah, you could go from attitude to the way you handle failure on the field to the type of teammate you are, kind of those intangible off the field, on the field things. But yeah, like, hmm, it seems like he's kind of a stiff mover. And he's a right-handed pitcher, a left-handed pitcher, whatever. I wonder if, like, he doesn't have, you know, hip flexibility or ankle stability. Um, maybe, like, you know, maybe he's a little too bulked up. Maybe, like, his shoulders are tight. Like, you could kind of see the way they move and the way they, they react and how they are as teammates to kind of say, all right, if there are negatives here, what does it look like on the baseball field? That's why I would say, like, no red flags, but, like, a yellow flag, you just write it down and kind of say, will this get better? Did it get better? Um, does it translate the same way into a different sport? Because there's definitely way, there's definitely times where it doesn't translate. Um, maybe the guy's a really bad basketball shooter, but he throws strikes. You know, like it doesn't necessarily match up all the time, you know? Um, but yeah, just like, hey, if he's a really bad basketball player, like I wonder what his command looks like, <laughs> you know? Or, hey, he's throwing the ball 30 feet away from his receivers. Like, oh, maybe, I wonder if he throws a bunch of strikes or he doesn't. Like, just, like, little things like that. Yeah, I think uh, that certainly makes a, a ton of sense in terms of, you know, how that stuff could potentially translate. Just maybe leads to a few more questions that you got to then answer, uh, you know, at the yard once uh, baseball starts up and that sort of thing. Um I guess my my sort of last question here is: there any other sort of multi-sport athletes that, besides Will Taylor, in your area that you know you're sort of checking for this year that listeners should be aware of? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys in my area that are actually I, I just know one off the top of my head. I literally just saw him pitch yesterday out here. Uh, there's a kid his last name is Nesta. Uh, he's actually committed as a four-star uh, kind of like cornerback edge. Uh, to Oklahoma, who's actually also committed to baseball as a right-handed pitcher as well, um, goes to Huff High School. Like that's an interesting high, you know, an interesting high school guy. Um, but yeah, a lot. There's luckily like a lot. I feel like we've kind of hit a corner where a lot of my high school guys end up playing other sports now, um, which is exciting for me because I I, I kind of like, you know, the process of of watching them all through the year play different sports. So um, that one's off the top of my head. There's a couple more. I could go on about random high school guys, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, I feel like we might've hit a lull for a while where people are definitely becoming a one sport generated like there's a path. And now these kids are kind of looping back around to almost when I was a kid where it was like, we played every sport, you know, like sometimes we just left our houses for eight hours and our parents had to come home at the end of the day. And we would go out and we'd play every sport in the world and come home and then do it all over again the next day. And like, I love that we're kind of getting back to that because I think we're, creating in the long run better athletes and you know more sociable like like makeup regi like there's a lot of key components to the foundation of makeup and, and athleticism that like i think the country's you know a lot of kids are getting back to which i can't explain why that is maybe it's cyclical i mean who knows but like it's been really great to see a lot of these kids be like oh no i play football i play basketball like, I'm, I'm gonna play baseball i want to play baseball you know but i do all these things to kind of i mean walker jenkins um walker jenkins you know 
was a swimmer. He would swim. You go, oh, why do you swim? Well, you know, it just allowed me to stay loose and, you know, stamina and all these other things. I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, just like a, you know, he was a pretty, he's like an all-state swimmer for like two years in high school, maybe three years in high school, which a lot of people didn't know about. Um, but just like that, like, there's a lot of kids doing a lot of different sports. So maybe that doesn't totally answer your question because I don't want to, like, list a bunch of names. But, like, I think that as a, as a whole, like, a lot of kids are going back to playing multiple sports. And I think it's really great. Yeah, hopefully they'll all be able to do a somersault at the end of uh, Matt's relays in a couple of years. I was going to say, add that to your evaluation. <laughs> Drop, do a somersault right now. Yeah, if you can't do a somersault, <laughs> then you're off. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Dodgers are good, but their area guy just keeps making all the kids do somersaults. I don't get it. Maybe I should add that. That'll, that'll be good. That'll be good. Just in Atlanta at all these games, I'll just start asking all the kids to do somersaults and cartwheels and see if that works out. Add it to the app. Add it to the app, Matt. Have people do somersaults as part of their athletic testing, dude. You know, they're the jump testing and somersault testing. Yeah, create a smart algorithm that grades your somersault. Yes, exactly. Like maybe we can do it with like force plates. Like you know, we could we could really go deep on this, Matt. Oh yeah, we'll we'll think of something here. Anti gravity chamber or something portable. <laughs> oh man. Do a somersault, win a hot bobby. That's uh, going to be Matt's Matt's selling point. Yeah, or a milkshake for pot bellies. Capriati's, <laughs> you got competition. I don't want to keep Joda too much longer because he's out there at the yard. Um, yeah. Any questions that you had, Matt? Otherwise, I'm ready to I'm ready to wrap. No, I want to let that guy go bake out in the sun again. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Jonah. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Jonah Rosenthal. He is Carolina Area Scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers. This has been another episode of the
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.